Reaper Remedy. I'm Nick Tomasi. Thanks for joining me. So today I'm joined with actually nobody by myself. I'll give you something a little different. So as you know, my whole kind of journey with Grip Reaper started as a tone chaser. And uh, I've been kind of a tone chaser on a budget. You know, never really had a full tube amp, you know. But uh, you could still absolutely chase tone on a budget. Today I'm going to kind of go over some uh, basic, you know, budget tone chasing stuff. And um, couple more expensive options, but overall just go over how you can improve your tone, which is something every guitarist wants to do. So I'm gonna start off with something really simple. Upgrade your cables, especially anything before, if you're running a four by 12 speaker cabinet or two by 12, an external speaker cabinet, um, it would help to upgrade those. But before you do anything, I would upgrade your um, longest instrument cable and then work your way back because your longest instrument cable is going to be the one that does the most tone sucking. Another thing is, if you find that your amp overall has a bassier tone than desired, or you seem to lose some high end and it sounds muffled, one great trick would be actually shorten your cables. You know, um, especially when I was starting out to play guitar, I would buy, you know, 25 foot cables and spend a decent amount of money and then plug it into my one pedal and then another 25 foot cable to my amp. So that's 50 foot in cable, which there's a theory that's been proved that um, two long wires running along each other causes capacitance. Capacitance takes off high end, which is the job of your tone knob in your guitar. You don't want to lose high end unless you want to. Alternatively, a trick Hendrix often used is he purposely used a longer cable because his amps had too much high end than he wanted. So you can use that as you know a little way to kind of cheat a little more bass into your system if you're not happy with the amount of bass response you're getting. Another great easy trick that's a little more expensive but one that you should seriously look into especially if you bought a cheaper speaker cabinet is upgrade your speakers. You don't need to go for anything fancy. I'd even recommend buying used speakers on eBay or Reverb because speakers have a break-in period of about, uh, depending on how loud and how much you play, usually they have a couple month break-in period where the speakers actually don't sound as crisp and clear as they would broken in because the cones need to move, the coils need to get used to vibrating the right way. It's all really takes a while, like a car, you don't, put hard miles on the first 2,000 miles of a car, same thing with the speaker, it needs to be broken in. So if you can get an already broken speaker, you're cutting a lot of time of not so great tone out of your thing. Another thing, easiest tone tip in the book, and every beginner and intermediate guitarist makes this mistake. Turn down the gain. Every guitarist likes to, especially metal, I'm guilty of it sometimes too, use all the distortion on tap. And then, you know, keep your amp at like a decent level. And, uh, you know, while I'm at it, might as well just scoop the mids. No. I mean, sometimes it's a tone you're looking for. If you're looking for a dainty scoop mid tone, then there you go. Not much tone chasing to be done. You're there. But if you're uh, looking for something a little more fuller, Turn down the gain. A lot of people uh, like to crank their gain, and um, I believe like it was John Five who said uh, the easiest way to get rid of muddiness in your tone is turning down the gain. And you may be like, "All right, but I don't have as much distortion now that I want." 
you know, I want more. Turn up your amp. Believe it or not, use your actual speaker's natural distortion from volume to give you that gain. Because that's probably the gain you're hearing on the album you're listening to. Because obviously that tone in the head is a combination of some of your favorite artists. So you're going to think, you know, man, like, for instance, I really like Randy Rhodes' tone. Well, you can't get Randy Rhodes' tone without cranking an amp. That's just how you get that kind of tone. It's the movement of air. One tip I want to now kind of focus more towards the guitar end. I kind of covered basic amp stuff. I mean, if you have a tube amp, throw some new tubes in there. Always makes your amp sound a little better if you have the cheap Chinese ones. Those are garbage. They're made to be quickly thrown in amp, expected to be replaced. Um, so moving on to more of the guitar. Um, some simple cheap tricks before you start buying new bridges, tailpieces, pickups, nuts, tuners. I've always been told the uh, correct way to adjust a guitar is actually to start the truss run. So if your guitar plays like garbage to start, a lot of people like to jump to, I'm going to replace the bridge, I'm going to replace the tailpiece, I'm going to replace the tuners, I'm going to replace the nut, that's why. And then you spend, you're now think you're going to spend about $100 on tuners, $100 on a bridge, and $100 on a new stop bar and a less ball. You're going to spend about $300. And you're still going to have a guitar that plays like garbage. Because you're not adjusting it. So start with your truss rod. Look at your neck. If your neck has any pitch or angle in it, or your guitar is playing, especially in the middle or edges, it is playing way too high or way too low compared to the neck. Chances are you have neck bow. Now, if you have the experience to be able to adjust a truss rod and know exactly how to do it, um, do so, you know. If you don't, either, I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos online, even I could make a video. It's not a, it's a very simple task. You just have to understand how the neck moves and how much it needs to move. Uh, you can YouTube it or take it to a local guitar shop. They'll do it for no more than 50 bucks. They'll probably set up a bridge too and not. So after that, then start looking at your bridge height. If it's if your um strings are too high and you get a lot of buzzing, it's often just caused by a poor setup. So check your string height. If you're getting a lot of buzzing on the lower frets, chances are your nut needs to be adjusted, which is a nice simple. I bought a new nut for my Fender Strat, which completely made it into an amazing playing guitar now. I was having problems with the string skipping off of it, not holding tuning. I bought a tusk nut for 10 bucks, and now the guitar stays in perfect tune. And I mean, part of tone is sounding good being in tune. So to me, that's really important. Also, it just makes it an easier playing guitar. And then you start looking at backing off your bridge. If your bridge is too high or too low, you're going to get some playing issues. If you get a lot of buzzing, chances are your bridge might be a little too low. If you get a lot of kind of buzzing from you not being able to push down hard enough, your frets are too high. If you're getting note distortion, if your notes like, if your guitar's in perfect tune and you're pushing down on the string and say you're going for the third fret and it should be a G and you're registering in between, you're registering like a decent amount, you're right in between, you're like, quarter of a step in between G but then you go back to your E and it's in perfect tuning chances are it means 
that your setup's way too high and you're actually bending the note when you're pushing down. It's an important thing I didn't realize I had that on one of my guitars because I can play a fairly high action. And I didn't realize that my power chords weren't sound correct because I was actually bending the notes. So, you know, it's a nice important, nice little tip if you're having setup issues, you know, which way to move. Um, so say now you've, you've adjusted your bridge, adjusted your neck, adjusted your nut, still are not happy with the way it sounds. And you're still, it's still a playability issue. Um, I would work on simply taking steel, steel wool over frets. It's an, I've been using, it's like kind of a classic. If you don't want to pay for a high-end guitar, but you want a guitar to play like a high-end guitar, you steal all the frets and they glide nice and it feels like a professional fret job. You know, it does make it feel nice for a while. So always classic like cheapo guitarist trick, steal all the frets, uh, steal all the back of your neck, actually. If the back of your neck's sticky and you don't mind about condition, like it's gonna scrape up the back of your neck a lot with steel wool, but it'll take the stickiness off. So if you're if you're a musician who's more concerned about the playability of your guitar than the resellability of it, that's actually a great little, once again, cheap guitarist life hack that just makes a guitar that needs that little push to play better, play better. So say do all of that, still plays like garbage. Now, I'd actually take a, if you have it, everyone's got one in their house, a play block, like a little like, four inch by two inch, two inch by like one inch thick play block. Nice and simple. Make sure it's got one flat edge. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna rock, you're gonna put it on the frets of the guitar. You're like three, four at a time, depending on how much you can fit. And you're gonna push it down in the middle and you're gonna see if it rocks back and forth. If you get a little bit of movement, all right, and you're gonna just keep going, you're gonna test the whole neck that way. Go down and shake. And if you're feeling heavy rocking, like every time you're doing it, that means that your fret, that means your frets were never properly leveled or crowned. That's when you call a professional. Like, or once again, if you have a cheapo starter guitar, I would highly recommend on Craigslist picking up a $99 starter guitar, dirt cheap, or even like I got an Ibanez for $100 off of Craigslist. Learn, set up on that. Learn how to polish frets, then you know, maybe learn how to level frets. Look up some YouTube videos, but on your guitar, I would highly recommend at that point bring it to a professional, have them either refret if it's needed or properly level and crown the frets. Honestly, fret work is I probably would say 90% of how a guitar plays. Poor fret work is never gonna like a guitar of poor fret work will never play good. So Say you're on that block and nothing's moving and you're still having trouble staying in tune. You're not happy with it sounding. That's then when I would start replacing the bridge first. Bridge is like kind of where you're going to find most of your tuning issues, especially on cheaper guitars. Then go to your tuners. If you're still having tuning problems, then you go to the nut. And if for some reason you're still having problems, upgrading your stop tail might not help with tuning but it might help with overall tone. And if you get a stop tail, I actually like stop tails that the strings go over the top instead of under. 
because you get less of a break angle on your bridge. Therefore, the strings glide easier across your little point in that bridge. So then it stays in tune because it's got no friction. Say you're on a second story. This is a good way of explaining it. And there's a door bleeding nothing, and you're trying to pull a heavy rope or something on the end of it. And you're pulling straight down, dragging against the door frame. It's going to take a lot more effort to pull that down than it's going to be to say, pull something out of the door that's heavy from the first floor when you're even with it. That's because there's nothing for it to get caught up on. That's the same kind of fear of bridges. You don't want anything getting caught up on. Same with the nut. Or you get into locking territory where you want no movement at all. Uh, locking territory, locking bridges is a whole nother thing. I don't want to talk about setup right now. That would need a separate podcast. Maybe I'll do that because I, I am a fan of locking bridges, but uh, they are a hassle. If you have one, you know. And me and Anthony had a nice talk about what a pain they are, but they do have some rewards. So at that point, you upgraded most of your hardware. Then I jump on pickups. Once again, pickups is a personal preference. Each person likes different things. Who am I to say, well, this one's better than this one? So um, I've had wonderful experiences with companies like Bare Knuckle. Uh, Seymour Duncan makes a solid pickup. If you're looking for something, you can go to your guitar, guitar center and for 100 bucks, pick up a new pickup. Um, Bill Lawrence, another amazing company. You can get a hand-wound pickup for like 50, 60 bucks. Can't go wrong with it. Uh, Dime uses them in a lot of his guitars. I have one on one of mine. Amazing pickup. If you're looking for something with a lot of high end and bite. But then, I mean, the thing is, there's so many companies now. You can customize your dream pickup. You can, I mean, Bare Knuckle, uh, Seymour Duncan does custom. It's a little more expensive. Mars, you can pretty much go to any company now. And they all have an online customization tool where you can build the exact pickup you want. Describe how you want it to sound, and it'll wind that as close as they can get it to what you want. And um, honestly, it's not an overly expensive thing. I ordered a set of custom pickups for a guitar from Bare Knuckle, 100% custom, um, and I paid around $340. I think it was just under 300, or it was just over, or just under 300 pounds UK, so just over $300. And uh, it was an improvement that seriously made that guitar sound killer. And it was the sound, it was the sound I had in my head for that guitar the whole time because I was able to describe to them kind of the sound I had in my head, the amp I'm using, the pedals I like. Seriously, I mean, once again, everyone has their own preferences with pickups. I know that's something people are extremely picky about. If you're looking for a company, Trout Bare Knuckle, they build some seriously good pickups, not sponsored, just. They build that good of a quality product. I feel like if you're, if you're gonna, you know, if you're listening to Grip Reaper and you want a quality pick, you want probably a nice quality pickup to go along with it. Cause I mean, pickups are very important to your tone. I would highly recommend them. But um, so say pickups, everything, guitar still plays like garbage. Then you gotta start looking kind of deeper. If you're getting hums and buzzes you don't like, that could be due to the pickup you use. Single coils tend to have a 60 cycle hum uh, kind of noise associated with them. And the only way you can get rid of that is buying either noiseless single coils. And there's really no way to get rid of that buzz other than that. It's something that comes along with the pickup. You buy it knowing it. If you 
don't want that sound. You buy noiseless single coils, which have an extra coil on them that cancels out that little hum. But uh, I actually prefer a non-noiseless single coil. Just a little personal preference. I, I just think, I'm not sure if it makes a sound difference, but to my ears, a noiseless single coil just sounds a little more single coil-y to me than a, it's a, once again, a dumb pinky guitarist thing that led me kind of down this whole Grip Reaper road is dumb little things like that. Another thing, change your strings. That should be like the first thing. If you're not happy with your guitar sounds and your strings are getting a little crusty and cruddy, replace them. I mean, so many guitarists look over it. I mean, you can get a string, like a set of Ernie Balls, like, God, I don't even know what they go for. I buy, I, that's another trick. Buy your strings in bulk. That just makes them so much cheaper, especially if you know two or three sets you commonly use. I use three sets essentially, and then an eight string set that I have to buy separate, which is like almost $20. But um, I usually pay about four or five bucks for a set of strings. If you buy them in bulk, change them once or twice, a, or uh, every, I do weekly or bi-weekly, depending on how much play that guitar gets. That's once again, someone I play every day. So, you know, I do get a decent amount, but I would, if you're having problems, first thing you should check is strings for tuning and uh, tone because it's kind of vital. And also don't do the, uh, a lot of people will go on Amazon and you look up guitar strings and you'll get the like, here, I'll go on my phone right now and kind of prove a little point. So if I go on Amazon right now, everyone now shops on Amazon, especially, I mean, anyone, guitarists tend to like to cut corners if they can. So anyone shopping on Amazon is going to go, all right, guitar strings. And by the first set that pops up, I'll type in guitar, first thing that comes up. All right. So you get your sponsored Amazon choices, you know, your uh, Diodartico XTs. Kind of want to try those, actually. They've really upgraded, but uh, still pretty um, sold on DR. But you know, you don't actually see a set of electric guitar strings till you get down to a 60-piece thing for uh, $15. So any guitarist man goes, man, I get 30 strings, eight picks, a tutor, a cape. Wow, that's a great deal. Those strings are garbage. They're going to break. They sound like garbage. Half of them, I've seen strings not made out of stainless steel. They rust out of those sets. Find a set of strings that you like. Once again, I'm not going to be the guy to tell you, hey, use DR. They're great strings. I would highly recommend if you're looking for a new set of strings coming from an Ernie Ball, because I was on that same page. I was a diehard, hard Ernie Ball fan, and I was changing strings weekly, and then I started changing strings bi-weekly, and I was like, I can't keep doing this. These strings are wearing and breaking too fast. So I jumped to DR and I just got, you know, now I'm able to change them by, I'm able to change them every other week if I, if I'd like. And I could probably squeeze three weeks out of a set of strings and still not have a string associated problem. So uh, find a set of strings, not necessarily the best set of strings, a set of strings that works for you. Pick the right gauge. Don't try to be the, tough person who's like I play with 11s and only 11s because unless you actually enjoy the way they feel it's just going to make your life harder everyone 
every guitar company markets nines as lights. And honestly, uh, it's kind of a discussion thing. It's kind of mislabeled. Nines is your standard. If you're starting out or even as intermediate, I'd recommend nines. They're easy to bend. They don't cut through your fingers. Um, if you're starting to question, do I need to go up a gauge? I'd go to tens, you know, play around with them. Maybe go to 11s. And uh, for non-guitarists listening to this, this may be nothing. This is actually string gauges, how thick they are. All plays an important role in how your guitar sounds. So, you know, definitely make sure you have the right set of strings. And also make sure it's the right set of strings for tuning. You're using lower tunings, higher gauge, simple stuff like that. So say, we're here, new pickups, new tubes in your amp, brand new cables, and you're still chasing a tone. You still can't figure it out. Start feeling, you know, I mean, I've, I've been there. I start buying pedals thinking this pedal is going to make me sound the way I want to sound. And, you know, oh, it's a wonderful sounding pedal, but... That's not the tone of my head. And you think, you know, I'm close to this tone. You know, I, I know, I mean, because I've, I've been there. I've been like, man, I'm, I'm knocking on its door. I got it. This is the tone I want. But you're just, something's not right. You're getting that clicky, scratchy noise when you play that you can't seem to tune out turning down the presence and treble. You know, uh, Turned up your mid-range a bit to kind of get it cut through the mix. It's nice and loud. Probably forgetting one very, very important part of your tone. See, because when I was playing guitar, I overlooked the simplest thing, my guitar pick. And that's kind of, you know, the whole Grip Reaper thing. is Because I, I came in at a time where I was getting, even on a budget, I mean, I've spent... Less than a thousand dollars on my amp. I run a four by twelve Randall, but uh, Randall head. It's full solid state, hundred watts, nothing too expensive. Probably about six seven hundred dollars, brand new. You could go to the store and get it now. Some simple pedals. You don't need an expensive guitar. I mean, my most expensive guitar that I owns no more than seven hundred dollars. And, you know, I was like, man, I'm there, but I'm getting this clicky sound and I'm not getting the treble. I'm just not getting that in your face tone I want. And that's around the time Grip Reaper came to the picture. And then just about when we finally developed our first pick that could just handle abuse was around the time it finally clicked that I'm heading on the right path to my dream tone. Because as any guitarist knows, you'll get to that tone in your head eventually. You may never, but if you do, you're going to get to that tone in your head. You're going to be like, man, that's not the tone in my head anymore. And you're going to keep chasing. And uh, pretty much what I'm saying is don't overlook your pick. Because uh, a lot of guys do it. And if you just get a quality pick. And once again, I would highly recommend Grip Reaper wonderful products um you know it seriously improves your tone it helps with you know the amount of pressure you need to put on that hand i personally suffer from carpal tunnel and uh 
carpal tunnel is a big part about your tone. Your picking hand, that's the first contact. Your fretting hand and your picking hand are the first contacts with the strings. And we work hard to build up calluses in our left hands, or if you're a lefty or right hand, we work really hard to build up those calluses. You know, we practice extra hard. You get your fingers nice and thick. We don't have that callus fail safe on your right hand. You got a cheap 23 cent piece of plastic. Do you really want that solo on a studio to be riding on a cheap 23 cent piece of plastic while you have $200 guitar cables plugged into your amp? That's why, you know, I started Grip Reaver. I thought, you know, when I came up with my solution of Grip, I was like, man, you know, people really overlook this. And I'm here to say, you know, as I said, don't overlook your pick. Um, and I think actually, I came up with this today on my ride to school. I'm going to start recommending a riff of the week on my podcast, starting this week and then every week after. And I actually heard it because I heard a riff this morning on my Spotify shuffle. And it was kind of simple. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big thrash guy, so we're going to start out with a thrash one. But the riff is Dead End from the playlist Thrash Metal that you can follow. Um, once again, thank you for tuning in. I've been Nick Tomasi. Uh, it means a lot that you guys tune in and listen to this. And I hope actually this episode was able to help you get over some tone hurdles. Maybe you already have the Grip Reaper pick and you didn't do a proper setup. Maybe you didn't. Have, maybe you did a proper setup. You don't have a Grip Reaper pick. I hope I was just open, able to open your eyes. Maybe a couple of. Steps.